up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Friends, near and far, we welcome you to this Sunday service of ordered worship in the nave of Marsh Chapel, Boston University. The liturgy, homily, and music are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our New England radio audience through WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe, live at WBUR.org. Today, particularly, we greet those in Washington and Baltimore who may be listening snowbound. We say hello from sunny Boston. We encourage your written or emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us for worship. We are thankful this morning for the gift of grace, the holy ordinary of quotidian communion, for eyesight and sunlight and insight, for hearing words which make us endearing, for the taste of grace through time and space, for the scent and sense of our need for lament, for touch and such and much and so much that lies beyond us, the mystery in which we are held. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sin, and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the book of Isaiah. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces, and with two, they covered their feet, and with two, they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 138 with the Antiphon. I sing your praise. I bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. And now, please rise for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Glory to you, O Lord. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. 
he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for now on you, for now, from now on you will be catching people. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. All is grace, as Bernano's famous novel ends. The gospel is the freedom of a bird in flight, as we heard just a moment ago, cascading, moving. A sermon we teach our students in the School of Theology may be a stream, a Joycean jump, a stream of consciousness over time. Today we recognize the holy in the ordinary. Our reading from Isaiah lifts us to the presence of the transcendent. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, a transcendent grace interspersed with all of life's variety and diversity. You know, we recognize, especially in this week past, that diversity precedes unity, that difference comes before union, that variety comes before the common. Out of variety comes our shared experience. We know this from the Bible itself, from the New Testament, from the books of the letters of Paul as he wrote variously to the Corinthians and the Thessalonians and the Philippians and the Galatians and the Romans. We know this from the Gospels themselves, the three siblings, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which have their own differences, over against which stands in staggering, in towering, distinction, the fourth, the spiritual gospel of John, which we have yet to allow its full space, its open space, its difference. Boston University has a long history from 1839 and the birth of the School of Theology and 1869 and the incorporation of the university of recognizing the other, of seeing and honoring different. So there has been space here over time 
for a university education, for those working, for the poor, for those non-native, for people of color, for women, for gay people, and as I was reminded later this week, for those who are otherwise abled, 30 years of the independent living center here. There is a diversity, a variety or a plurality that precedes what we hold most dear and have in common. The whole earth, says Isaiah, is full of God's glory. There is also an ordinary grace in the struggle to become who we are, our quest and our growth toward our own most self. We celebrate our graduate students and our undergraduate students who are discerning not only how to make a living, but also how to make a life, to find where their deepest passion meets the world's greatest need. And of all the daily joys, the ordinary gifts of this setting, it is perhaps that one rhythm of discovery that makes the heart sing with the freedom of the gospel, which is a bird in flight. You are a child of God, says the church to those who enter into its nave, into its setting each Sunday morning. We remind one another in sacrament, table, in word and song, that we are children of the living God. Today's Eucharist is remembrance, it is thanksgiving, and it is presence. We are together made in the image and likeness of God. Some of you know that we have 2.7 grandchildren, two, two who have arrived and one on the way. Our oldest, at age two and a half, has yet to find a way to refer directly to her grandfather. That is, she doesn't use my name, Bob. She doesn't use my surname, Hill. She doesn't use my title, Dean. She doesn't say Grandpa. But she does have an, a personal way of making reference in the use of the word somebody, as in the following statement. Grandma, I don't know where somebody is. <laughs> Grandma, could you tell me if somebody has gone? Grandma, is somebody in the kitchen? You see, after all these decades, I finally became somebody. <laughs> and you too are in the image and likeness of God, shaped by God's grace, this ordinary holiness. This past week, in a celebration and anniversary in our Jewish community, I was struck speechless by the beauty, the grace, of one of our Jewish students who reminded her gathered, her sisters and brothers, that her choice to be observant in her college years was taken out of a desire that the memory of these days might not be held apart from her faith and her tradition and her observance. What a wonderful song that these days long into the future might be recalled in connection 
to that observance. There is a holy ordinary, a grace among us in these days. We at this altar, this sturdy altar, in this safe nave, have celebrated the life and faith in memorial of two beautiful, radiant people. On Friday morning, Amy Hinson. On Saturday morning, Jeffrey Beatty. And as a community of Boston University, we are in the process just now of remembering the young life of our student, Michael DeVito. We come to this table ready to receive a grace that will sustain us. Do you know, some of you share with me a love of the Wilders, Amos Wilder, the poetic guide to the New Testament and literature, and his brother Thornton Wilder. What a personally moving treat for me to be able to recite some Thornton Wilder here in New England. This week, out of the blue, I received a package from Amos' son and Thornton's nephew, Tepan Wilder, bringing a book about and with Amos Wilder in dialogue with Margaret Rigg, a painter who was at the core of Motive magazine, the inspiration for Marsh Chapel's new e-magazine Motives, which we will celebrate next week. I know that's a long way around Robin Hood's barn, but I'm sharing with you the gift of the ordinary each and every day. Along with it, he sent yet a, another copy of Thornton's famous play. You will remember it, particularly in February, these days of cold, these other celebrations of Groundhog Day and Super Bowl Sunday and Lincoln's birthday and Valentine's Day and President's Day and Washington's birthday, cold, ordinary days. You'll remember that George and Emily, after a tart conversation at the soda fountain, are connected at heart. And then later, Mary, you'll remember the sterling Yankee English, the simple Yankee English of this play and its rendering of the great lasting themes of love and death, of life and meaning. You'll remember, of course, the setting of the wedding and all of those choice. Uh, Thornton took some of this language, Tapin writes, from his own parents and particularly from his mother. A man looks pretty small at a wedding, all those good women standing shoulder to shoulder, making sure the knot is tied in a mighty public way. Yes, marriage. Everyone should have their and is entitled to their own troubles. Mother, am I pretty? You're pretty enough for all normal purposes. I need to tell the truth and shame the devil. But in all of that setting, you remember that in the narrative, after two years of happy marriage, married life, she dies in childbirth and goes to the hillside to live with the dead, if you will, and desires to return. Her cohorts dissuade her or try to dissuade her, and finally she insists, and so they say, well, if you're going to return, pick the most ordinary day of your life. And so she chooses February 11th, early in the morning, the sun coming up, her father returning from Hamilton College, Howie Newsom delivering the milk, breakfast on the table, 
a search for a blue ribbon. Where is it? It's on your dresser. It's so close to you. If it were a snake, it would bite you. A gift from the boy next door. Her father's presence on her birthday. And her attempt to shake all awake to say, just for a moment, let's look at one another. You pick the most ordinary day of your life, say February 7th at 11.35 a.m. It will be enough. Waking, sleeping, food, coffee, ironed dresses, baths, morning and evening, earth, life, does anyone ever realize you? There is a quotidian communion, a holy ordinary, into which we enter in this hour. We break bread together. We receive presence, thanksgiving, and remembrance. We come out of our diversity into a common table, searching for our own utmost self and receiving the holy ordinary, the gift of love. For God so loved the world that God gave God's only Son that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and gave his Son to be the expiation for our sin. Beloved, if we love one another, God's love abides in us and God's love is perfected in us.
Friends, with a happy heart as we come to the Lord's table, we draw your attention to the printed notices, and for those listening from afar, the notice is on our website. In a special uh, moment, we invite you to this second annual Valentine's Evening Celebration from 6 to 8 p.m. on Saturday in the Dean's Residence. We are encouraging you to contact our Director of Hospitality, Elizabeth Fomby, to make sure we know that you're coming. We have an exciting program this year, both of a little bit of music and also of drama, and we encourage you to come. Following which, there is our ensemble in residence, L'Academie, is going to make a presentation about which Dr. Jarrett is now to speak. If you were in the nave this morning during rehearsal, you noticed the harpsichord being delivered in uh, anticipation of L'Academie's presentation this weekend, this coming Saturday at 8 o'clock. That's February the 13th at 8. So after you have a little moment at the Dean's, please come and support our wonderful ensemble in residence. Leslie Kwan is their music director. She's seated here, and she'll be happy to greet you after the service. Also, Graham Wright, Brenna Wells, and Emily Marvash here in the nave leading us uh, this morning will be singing in this performance as well. It's a wonderful evening. The program is entitled He or She, depending on your opportunity, uh, is just not that into you. And it's a performance of 17th century love songs from the English court uh, featuring music of Purcell and others. Admission is $25, $12 for students and seniors, and we'd love to see you, and I know they would too. Thank you so much, Scott, and thanks to our musicians. We invite you now to use the ritual of friendship. This is the red book on the aisle, and if you will sign your name and uh, pass it along, that will allow us to get to know you and allow you to get to know one another so that together we may greet one another by name. We have the first Sunday of each month a potluck lunch and we invite you to stay for lunch following service today. We note many visitors among us today. Among them, Mr. the Reverend Mr. Jack Johnson, who is the Executive Director of the Massachusetts Council of Churches, and we welcome Mr. and Mrs. Johnson here today, along with the other visitors among us. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Let us continue our worship with the presentation of the morning offering.
We give you thanks, O God, this day for life and work and peace. Now bless these gifts and those who have given them for life and ministry in the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us confess our sins before God and one another. Father eternal, giver of light and grace, we have sinned against you and against our neighbor in what we have thought, in what we have said and done, through ignorance, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We have wounded your love and marred your image in us. We are sorry and ashamed and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and lead us out from darkness to walk as children of light. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with heartfelt repentance and true faith turn to him, have mercy on you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As the grain once scattered on the fields and the grapes once dispersed on the hillside are now reunited on this table in bread and wine, so, Lord, may your whole church soon be gathered from the corners of the earth into your kingdom. Amen. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We belong to him through faith, heirs of the promise of the spirit of peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us share with one another a sign of peace. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, you made the world and love your creation. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. His dying and rising have set us free from sin and death, and so we gladly thank you, with saints and angels praising you and singing. And bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread and gave it to them and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
When supper was ended, he took the cup of wine. Again he praised you and gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. So, Father, we remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. Bringing before you the bread of life and cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favor on your people, gather us in your loving arms, and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. We pray especially today for the sweet repose of Michael DeVito. Grant to him eternal rest, O Lord, and may light perpetual shine upon him. Grant your consoling spirit to his family and friends who mourn. Through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Blessed are those who are called to his supper. Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word, and I shall be healed. The table is ready for those who would come.
Let us pray. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us his grace, and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit, be and abide with each one of us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.